So Halloween ends tonight. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yes, this is the last day of October. This is Halloween. <sighs> this is the end of the spooky season. I mean, it's never the end of the spooky season ever in my heart, but yeah, it's Halloween. I'm excited, even though you can't hear it in my voice. I'm excited, but sad that this month just flies by. Yes, and um, to commemorate that, we're doing our little bonus episode today, and for anybody who hasn't listened to our previous episode, we're talking about Halloween Ends, the last of the David Gordon Green, Danny McBride trilogy of Halloween films that started with Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and this film. The conclusion of the trilogy. Yeah, the conclusion, and I actually went back. I think the last time we did a bonus episode was last July. Yeah, it was for Fear Street. Yeah, and not like July this year, like 2021. Yeah, we usually don't do bonus episodes, but we kind of, we want to do more of them. Just something that's for series that we really like to do, but it's hard to fit them into schedules. Yeah, and it felt like we needed to talk about ends because we talked about Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills back-to-back last year. So it's like we should complete the trilogy. Yes. And yeah, this was a trilogy, all right? Yeah, so I guess to catch everybody up, thoughts on Halloween as a franchise, I guess, up to this point. You know, because now we're 13 movies. The entirety of the Halloween franchise is 13 films. This new trilogy erased the rest of the franchise except yeah. for the first one. But what are your thoughts on the Halloween franchise as a whole? I mean, being a avid Halloween fan, I haven't, you know, loved every single movie of the franchise. I don't think anybody loves every movie in this franchise. I mean, there might be super fans out there where they just absolutely love everything. And, you know, I'm kind of a purist where I feel like had they stuck with just 78, I would have been okay with it. But then we never would have gotten H2O, which I absolutely love. So it's kind of like, you know, take one for the team. You like the ones with Jamie Lee Curtis involved, but the oh, ones absolutely. where she's not involved, you're not a fan? Yeah, it's like, I'm outie. See, because I, I did a rewatch, and yeah, I'll say the ones with Jamie Lee Curtis in them are the best ones based on the fact that John Carpenter directed one of them, and that's the best one in the franchise, that's 78. Yeah. But like, Halloween 4 is not too bad. Uh, Halloween 5 and 6 are pretty bad, but uh, that's the thing. This new trilogy for David Gordon Green's, you know, Mm -hmm. 2018 kills, ends, all that stuff, that was supposed to be the the actual swan song to the franchise, right? A franchise that has gone into ridiculous directions, has pretty much killed itself and rebooted itself three times at this point, and it's really strange that we actually had one director do more than one film in this franchise. Yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit all over the place. And then when we got the David Gordon Green universe, where we were going to erase everything in between, 78 up till now, I thought, okay, that's smart to jump, you know, so much further into the future and pick up where the story left off in 78. And I'm like, okay, this is a really great concept. And then we get to ends and it just didn't feel like this is the way the story should end. Granted, I didn't think Kills was the way the story should continue. You yeah. were very forgiving on Kills, and that was after kind of forcing yourself to be forgiving on Kills. Yeah, but I mean, Kills felt more like a Halloween movie. After seeing Ends, I was kind of like, yeah, I gotta apologize to Kills. But I mean, I was also able to go home after we saw Kills for the first time in the theater. 
and watch it again and then watch it again the next day. I'm like, okay, you know what? Ah. This one, I, I needed a little break after we saw it in the theater. I was like, yeah, I, I can't. You just can't. I couldn't. Okay, well, here we are. Halloween ends, uh, which is not going to be the end. That's spoiler alert, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. So, Halloween ends, comes out this month in the Year of Our Lord 2022, and it was billed as the climactic showdown between... Laurie and Michael. Laurie and Michael. It started in 78. We're going to finish it here. In a way where was completely unnecessary because 2018 kind of did that. In yeah. this film, all it tells me is that the writers, directors, whoever, did not actually have a plan for a trilogy. Because kind of famously, I guess now that everybody's kind of deep dived and kind of crapped on the movie, was they had an idea to shoot two films simultaneously. Yeah. But Blumhouse said, no, shoot one and we'll see how it does. And then we'll make another one. And so they did, they made 2018, and then they were like, oh, perfect, now you get a full trilogy. And mm -hmm. they're like, alright, you know, I don't know if we have enough. And then they said, hey, we have enough ideas, we can make a trilogy out of it. I don't think they did. I think they had enough ideas for, like, a movie and a half. Like, they had enough for 2018, and, like, enough of ideas for a Halloween franchise after that, that never got to this point. Because I guess they rewrote Halloween Ends, like, three or four times yeah because halloween kills and halloween ends were supposed to be shot back to back and with covid it delayed everything so that's why the story changed so much but i know that from what i've heard their original concept was all three movies were going to be the same night yeah so it would have been interesting to see he comes back he massacres the town and then he's defeated by laurie and the town you know rallies to destroy him but we didn't get that in ends. We got more of an anthology film. Well, the other thing is Kills feels completely alien to this entire franchise. Because it feels like Kills was going in one direction and then ends picks up to a story that was never told. Which is a whole other thing. So, I But I feel that's the more alien movie over kills because kills is the same night of 2018 well the thing is is kills functions as just like a slasher that's just really messy it's just a really messy movie this one is a well-made movie that is not a halloween movie no and it's very confusing and they give you like the easter eggs i mean i should have been paying attention as a halloween fan that you know okay the the font with 2018 and Kills is following Halloween, Halloween 2, and this is and Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. Because even when we were in the theater, I was like, what do you mean the blue font? And then I was like, oh no, this is Season of the Witch. And, and I want to make a note to have you finally come to my side that Easter eggs in the movie does not make the movie better after watching this. I still enjoy them. I know you enjoy them, but they don't make the movie better. I'm not going to your side because I'm going to enjoy my Easter eggs. <laughs> I, I understand. But. A lot of people, because this came out on like a Tuesday and we saw it on Thursday. It came out on October 14th and we got to go see it a couple days early. And uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a packed house, but that was something that I was seeing a lot because it was streaming on Peacock that same night. A lot of people say how this movie is performing now is because the tickets are split on Peacock. I, I saw somewhere, I didn't write it down, I should have, 
they showed like the opening number for you know the opening weekend box office and of course it was high because it's a halloween movie mm. uh i don't think a lot of stuff was released that same weekend because it's a halloween movie and who's going to want to compete that same opening weekend in the heart of october and this is the biggest slasher franchise going on right now yeah but the second week the numbers just tanked dramatically and it was i think they broke a box office record for like the highest fall Oh, yeah, because I actually know this. So okay. so the projection for this movie was it was going to make 50, 60 million opening weekend, right? I think it made like 45 or somewhere in there. 41. It made okay. 41. And then the week after, the following Friday, it makes eight. Yeah. So huge drop. But I think right now it's sitting at like 40 or 50, I think. Um, I mean, I, I can check it. Okay, here it is. So the box office standing right now is 83 million, mm -hmm. right? Oh, against the $33 million budget, which isn't great. I mean, it's, it's performing well enough. It's just under everyone's expectations. Yeah. And they're crediting that with reviews being pretty poor with audience receptions being pretty mixed. And the thing is, is, is this a bad movie? I mean, the Corey stuff was entertaining. Oh, we should probably tell people what the fuck the movie's about. I just realized, yeah, because Cor yeah. Corey hasn't shown up in any of the other movies. No, and I mean, that that's kind of, you know, where I felt a little hoodwinked when we were watching the movie. Because, you know, in the, all the trailers, all the advertisements, it's Michael and Laurie fighting. Yeah. And that's what we assume, that this is just going to be a knockdown, drag out fight for over an hour. Which, and you know, that would have been... That, that might have gotten boring, but I had faith in the production that they could make it interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, look at Halloween 78. You said it recently. A lot of the action doesn't happen till later in the movie. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's like, yeah, I would have been totally fine with the lead up to this epic battle. But it's just like, you know, we got a completely different story in the beginning and then what we saw in the trailers much, much later in the film. Yeah. Uh, let me Let me just give the brief synopsis of this so people... I guess if you want to see this, mm -hmm. you probably have already decided on that. We're really mixed right now, but yeah. spoilers ahead. So, this story is, after the events of Halloween night in 2018, the town of Haddonfield is still trying to come to terms with its trauma, and the people of the town are now turning their trauma inward, namely against Corey Cunningham a man who tragically killed a child during a babysitting accident in 2019, and he has been labeled the town pariah, and his life is now spiraling out of control. Now, in 2022, right? The movie takes place in 22? It's either 22 or 2023. They jump it, into the future. Yeah, 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 and four years later. So Corey is now trying to come to terms with his place in the world while spiraling into depression and, and anger, and him and Allison, Lori's granddaughter. granddaughter, start a relationship. And through that relationship, Corey sees a way out. But at the same time, he is intercepted by Michael Myers. And through what I can only assume is magic, Michael imbues Corey with the evil of Haddonfield, of Michael Myers, of the shape. And uh, then Corey starts killing people like Michael. And Lori is suspicious and uh comedy ensues that's i'm not even joking that the final climactic battle you see in every trailer is the last 10 minutes of the movie maybe i'm it, gonna be generous and say 15 minutes yeah if you count everything from 
when the house scene starts, when Lori's in there and she starts giving her suicide note mm-hmm. thing or suicide ruse to get Corey drawn yeah. in, then yeah, I'd say that's probably 15 minutes. But yeah, so the movie itself, this is the spoiler that's probably already been spoiled by everybody who's going to yeah. see it. The movie does not really involve Michael Myers nor Laurie Strode. We get Laurie more than we get Michael. Yeah. But... We don't really get... She's a supporting character in this, if that. Yeah, it's more focused on Corey and Allison. Yes. I'm I'm leaning more heavy on Corey because Corey, we're learning about him and we're learning about, you know, that he's basically this this good kid that just got, you know... A bad rap. He's pretty much the one ornated as the protagonist. He's yeah. the lead of the movie. And uh, again, I have no issue with the actors in this. No. They are all doing very good job. Like um, uh, Rowan Campbell, who plays Corey mm-hmm. Cunningham. Very good actor. Yeah. I think he does a great job with what he's given. Yeah. The script, though, is not, I don't think is very polished. There's some weird things going on in the script and there's some weird things about the performances or the editing that i feel there is a longer cut of this movie that exists somewhere most definitely and it's probably going to come out on on dvd soon i mean it's the same thing with kills where there was like an alternate ending that felt like that should have been the ending of the movie instead of what we got mm. i still haven't watched it cuz i haven't bought a dvd in Years. Who, who knows how long it's been and that's that's something else that kind of sucks about movies like this, because famously, uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween films, which yeah. everybody fucking hates, like, no one gives those movies any credence, and I rewatched them, I rewatched the theatrical cut, I'm like, no, the theatrical cut's, like, pretty good, like, there's, you know, this is, like, kind of grating, you know, yeah, the characters are kind of shitty, but there's, like, craft here, like, it's not a poorly made movie, and the unrated cut, I'm like, Oh yeah, now I now I completely see what he's going for. Like I now I understand his whole like bit about this. And this feels like am I not going to understand the whole vision of the filmmaker for 3 months because it's an unrated director's cut that has everything in it? Most likely. I mean, I feel like We'll understand a bit more once we finally get the DVD. Um, Will we figure out why she does the hand thing? Yeah, I think we both looked at each other in the theater. <laughs> it was just like, like, what is she, what's with the hand thing? Because there's a part in this movie, and I know no one can see us because podcast. Yes. But Corey is like freaking out. He's leaving the bar because everybody's being an asshole to him. And Allison goes out and she's like, please come back. And he's like, no. And he starts like yelling because he's like really angry. Yeah. And Allison just holds her hands, palms up in front of him. Like, like she's trying to play, like, the, the hand slap game. Yeah. And Corey looks at these and just leaves. And it's never elaborated on. No. We don't know why she does that. And, and, it's, the, and then and we it's have that weird. sick transition into the full moon. Again. I thought, like, there's some things in the movie where are just like, huh? And the movie's not particularly short. It's almost two hours. It's, uh, what is it? An hour, 111 minutes. That's, like, hour It was, like, 51. an hour 50. Yeah. 51, yeah. So if it's an, it's an hour 51 movie... There's definitely, like, a coherent thing you should be able to get here, but there's definitely stuff missing. The movie felt longer than it did. Oh, I thought this was, like, a three-hour movie when we finished. Like, yeah. unironically. Yeah, because, I mean, we got out of the theater, and it was just like, what? It's still early in the evening? Like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird, but... And we had a couple leave during the theater. Yeah, the people next to us are in our row. They left, and 
you know, you were like, hey, you know, maybe they just went to the bathroom. And I'm like, no, I mean, they left popcorn and drinks behind. They just got up and they left. And they were, we were not that far into the movie no, in hindsight. No, I think we might have been about 30 minutes into the movie. And I mean, you know, it's understandable. They were probably like, okay, we're about 30, 45 minutes in and there's been no Michael Myers at all. There's been no Michael Myers. The one kill we had was from a very, granted, a very like jarring kill at the beginning with Corey. And that was his accident when he killed the kid. Yeah, and, and I mean, that kid was an asshole. Oh yeah, the kid was a total jerk. But that's the thing. We had one kill, and then after that, it's a very deep-dive character study of mm-hmm. this kid, Corey Cunningham. And that's kind of it for an hour. Yeah. I mean, we have other parts where... Oh, God, I hate it. I hated this part of the movie. Where Laurie Strode is going to, like, the grocery store. Oh, yeah. And it's setting up her relationship with the cop guy from the last yeah. movie. And as she's leaving, one of the people is like, Oh, do you even know this woman's name? She was attacked by Michael Myers. And it's the lady that got stabbed with the fluorescent tube. Yeah. And I'm like, how are you still alive? That's impressive. Yeah. Strong lady. But she's like, you did this because you just couldn't stop harassing that man. You couldn't stop yelling at somebody with a mental illness and and egging him on. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? She was a hermit for 40 years. She was a hermit. She never provoked him it was you know her dropping off keys in a mailbox at a house for her dad that started this whole chain reaction of michael you know hunting her for years and it's just like you know it's like you know granted if this woman didn't you know live or grow up in haddonfield or you know there's just so many rumors about why the events have happened it's you know you know she's a victim She's, you know, she's not the aggressor. She didn't provoke this. She hasn't provoked him. It is also a thing where it feels like this movie does not remember what happened in the last two. Which, again, I might just be being facetious or just not seeing the the point they're trying to make. Because I think the point they're trying to make is, oh, people don't know the full story, so they're just blaming Lori because they need somebody to blame. And that just makes me think, man, Haddonfield is populated by assholes. That and when I was watching the movie for a second time on Peacock, and in the beginning, it's Lori doing the voiceover and she's talking about how everyone in the town struggled. They left out the part where people were killing themselves in the city. They also left out the part where her daughter was murdered the last movie? Yeah, so it was just this kind of weird thing where I don't know if it was like a glitch or they cut that out because they were talking about suicide and other murders, but it was just kind of like, it it stayed there because I was like, no, you guys like dropped a scene or cut a scene that we saw in the theater. So it was just kind of like, also, that's weird. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is a fine actress. She's been in movies other than Halloween where oh, I'm yeah. like, she's a very good at her job. She's a very good actress. But man, some of this voiceover the melodrama and the weird things she's saying feel like man the cliche ometer on this book she's writing is ridiculous i was fine with the voiceover it's like okay you know we have her narrating the story without like actually having to physically follow her well but it's like i'd rather physically follow her than you know just get her for you know bits and pieces of this well here's the thing because the whole voiceover is like you can always, you know, fight your boogeyman or you can kill your boogeyman or whatever. And it's like, you spent the entire last movie proving Michael Myers is an immortal god being. Yeah. And it's like, her voiceover is like undermining a lot of it. And that's another thing. This movie very much undermines 
what the last movie set up. The last two movies. Yeah, because the last two movies, Kills especially, sets up that Michael Myers is not a man. He's he's a thing. He's a he's a beast. He's a monster or whatever. And he's like, because we see him get shot like twice. He gets the shit kicked down with a bat, a brick, chains. They're about mm-hmm. to kill him. And then he 1v6s six good old boy Hanfield kids and kills them. Yeah. All armed grown men and mm-hmm. he annihilates them unarmed. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so we've established Michael Myers is unkillable god being. He is sub-zero Mortal Kombat cheat codes on. I mean, and, and we also have Laurie saying that, you know, every time he kills, he ascends. So it's like, okay, so he's taking more and more lives. He's this really strong, you know, I guess maybe Bing is... Uh, the more know, he kills, the more powerful he gets. And he, that gets into the mysticism stuff. Yeah, he, he's less human. He's just, you know, this this thing, the shape. And then in this movie, the first time we see Michael is he is a broken, disheveled, decrepit, 65-year-old man mm-hmm. who is just living in a sewer, trying to survive, eating homeless people. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You established. You spent two movies establishing mm-hmm. that he is the terminator and now he's now like cory who i don't know how big cory cunningham is he works at a scrapyard i guess he's strong but he's like five nine taking on six foot seven michael myers and handling him yeah he that i didn't like handles michael myers yeah. and and here's the thing i don't know your thoughts on this one do you prefer human michael or terminator michael well, I mean, if if you want, you know, a, a live action slasher movie, yeah, of course I want Terminator Michael Myers, where set him on fire, throw him off a roof, shoot him, and he gets up and he comes back for more. It's like, yeah, obviously I want that. It's just, it's such a weird switch where he's just, you know, this elderly man who could barely walk, barely breathe, and it's just like, so if you're in this bad a condition. Wouldn't you have died years ago in this tunnel if you've been here? Okay, and here's here's my thing. I thought this movie was going to have the twist. I thought this movie's twist was going to be that when Corey went into the sewer, he didn't, like, get choked or, like, attacked by Michael. He found Michael dead. And him seeing Michael this whole time is him hallucinating this because he's created mm-hmm. his, his, like, imaginary friend yeah. who's going to help him get back at all those evil people in this town who've ruined him and then it's gonna be like oh that i get that like the reason michael stared out the window because they established that in the last movie yeah. and completely forget about it now mm-hmm. and he's like yeah that weird michael myers kid all he did was stare out the window every time we came over to play maybe it's because michael was seeing his imaginary friend that was showing him how to kill people and i was like oh maybe that's what they're doing yeah. and, but that's not what they do at all no i mean it, there's a lot of loose ends and it's just that's how I felt, too, when I was watching the movie where I was just trying to, like, rationalize everything. Like, okay, this is happening because eventually it's going to lead up to this, this, and this happening. And then I was like, no, that didn't happen at all. It's like, why are we doing this? Why are we getting the It Tunnel and Sewers in a Halloween movie? Which sewer thing, that's a callback to Halloween 5. And I feel like that this trilogy of movies erased the halloween continuity mm-hmm. from halloween 2 to resurrection and all the rob zombies and all all that halloween stuff but it spent so much of its time its initiative in trying to reference things that no longer exist in continuity that no longer are canon it's stealing a lot of things from the rest of the franchise and it's like 
I get what you're doing. You're paying homage. You're mm. winking and nudging at the audience. But you literally are based on the fact that those movies don't exist and you're stealing from them. I feel you're just being unoriginal more than you're trying to, you know, pay homage. But that's neither here nor there. Like, let's, let's say this. We both have a lot of gripes with the movie. Yeah. What do we like about the movie? Because there are things to like. I still think this is a legitimately good film. I don't think it's a good Halloween sequel. But what did yeah. we like about the movie movie? I mean, there's stuff that I liked about the movie, obviously. You got real quiet there. I mean, one of the things that I really liked is that we see that Lori is healing. Mm. Uh, Allison makes a point, I think, that her grandmother went through rehab and, you know, really tried to work on herself. And we see a much happier Lori. It kind of harkens back to 78, where she was just, you know, this innocent girl, just, you know, hanging out with friends. And I'm going to go babysit later this night. And the biggest gripe is, you know who's going to ask me to the dance or am I brave enough to ask somebody to the dance? And in this movie, it's like, okay, cool. You know, Lori's happy. She's not the hermit. She's not scared to death of this guy that's going to come back and get her. But (sighs) sorry, I I understand that because I do love seeing Lori in a, in a nice, in a nicer way. Right. Yeah. But it feels like that characterization should have been in the first movie when Michael was locked away for 40 years, not the third movie after he killed her daughter. Yeah, and I mean, you know, this is just them showing, okay, she finally caved and, you know, went to therapy and to rehab, and I think that, you know, helped her a lot. I mean, I was expecting to see more references to her daughter, but then again, I think they're just trying to stick with, you know, she's on a much stronger path right now, and Allison says it too, you know, you're trying to treat me like I'm your child. And it's like, yeah, she's trying to correct the mistakes of the past where it was, I'm going to teach my child to defend themselves and, you know, basically be, you know, a walking, talking Swiss army knife and they can, you know, fend off the boogeyman if he comes back. And now she's, oh, I'm making you a pie. I'm, you know, trying to set you up with this nice boy that I met at the gas station. And it's like, yeah, you know, I like seeing a happier Lori. I mean, what about you? What else did you like about this movie? Um, honestly, what I liked most about the movie was actually our central performance of Rowan Campbell as Corey Cunningham. Yeah, like, I mean, I, he's a that, good actor. He's a good actor. And that whole story of this guy being persecuted and turning into... It's the, the whole movie is a story of, like, how do you get a Michael Myers? How do you turn somebody mm-hmm. into a monster? And I was like, oh, this is a very interesting story, but it feels, like, really out of place. Yeah. And it feels like they don't commit to the ending. No. And that's my issue with it overall. But I, I think people give good performances in this. And it's, the characterization of Laurie Strode is a weird sticking point for me, because it feels like where she is in this movie, in isolation, oh, this is good, I like this. Mm -hmm. But in, like, um, sequence with the rest of the trilogy, I feel this is very weird, because, you know, in the first movie, she was fucking Sarah Connor. Yeah. Yeah. And in, you know, the second movie, she's sidelined for the entire thing. She's in the hospital, so we don't get to see a lot of her. And in this one, it's like, you were in a position that this character was in, like, H2O. Yeah. Where she's traumatized, but she's dealing with it. She's, like, there. And I'm like, this should have been swapped. She should have been, you know, dealing with it and okay enough in 2018. And she should have been Sarah Connor in Halloween Ends. Like, it feels like that characterization should have been flipped. 
No, I, it's I, good. It's she's doing good work. It's just a weird characterization at this point in the trilogy. I like that she's Sarah Connor in 2018 because it shows that she's never let her guard down since that night in 78. And it's like, okay, so you really see that this one night has truly impacted her life. She's never been the same afterwards. But with this movie, while I like seeing a happier Lori, I wish that, you know, instead of the Corey Cunningham stuff in the beginning, we would have seen that whole progress and process of her getting better. Her, you know, dealing. Because, I mean, in H2O, we see that she's still having nightmares and that her son has to be, you know, okay, you know, this is the medication she needs for when she's having a nightmare or, or, you know, anxiety. And with this one, it's just kind of like, oh, she's she's happy. She's good. Like, wait, why? And it's just, oh, yeah, you know, she did therapy. She did rehab. So it's just like, you know, this little bit of information that we're supposed to take, you know, oh, okay, so she's put in the work and now she's good. Mm. And it's like, no, I want to see the process of the work and the process of the town trying to grieve. Come to terms with this. Grieve, come to terms, you know, pick up the pieces, rebuild, and, you know, be Haddonfield that it is today before the Boogeyman comes back again. It it feels like, again, the movie's missing a huge chunk. And also, I think the time jump was the worst idea they could have done. I mean, I'm glad that they didn't do the COVID thing. Like, they... That was rumored or someone dropped that, that they were going to talk, you know, talk about putting COVID into the story. And it's like, no, we don't need to watch the pandemic. I think that was the reason it got a full rewrite because that got leaked and the fan backlash was immensely negative. So they switched it because Halloween Kills, yeah, the movie like made money as successful and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but the response to that was very mixed. Yeah. Very, very mixed. Even we were like, like you came around to it, and I was still like, this is a 50-50 movie. Yeah. Like, I like about half of it, and there's half of it I think is really messy, and I, eh. mm-hmm. But with this, if they went with their original idea of it being the same night, and it's like the, the end of the night, because that feels like what it was supposed to be. Yeah, you know, we're right in the beginning of Halloween night. This must be from like... <sighs> Because it starts in the daytime. So daytime leading till maybe up till 10 o'clock. Kills is like 10 o'clock to 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And then you have 3 o'clock in the morning till sunrise for ends. And it's like, okay, that would have totally made sense. It's just one very long night. And I think that's the thing that would have made the most sense and probably would have evened out the whole story. Mm-hmm. And I get it. People are like, oh, but Lori's in the hospital. She's injured. I think... You know, it's a horror movie logic. If she just hit herself with some adrenaline and said, let's fucking go. Yeah. I think, I think people could have just written that off. Mm-hmm. And if it ended, because I don't really know the best way they could have ended the trilogy. Because the ending we get of this feels pretty weak. Because they do, yeah. she, because it ends with um, Lori finally killing Michael. She slits his throat she slits his wrist and Mm -hmm. she throws him in a meat grinder yeah and it's like that's a little over the top i mean i get it she does everything that every horror movie fan says you have to do to kill somebody in a horror movie because i mean when you go back to the halloween movies he's been blown up he's been beheaded it's just like just about everything that you could think of and it's like okay so let's put you through a meat grinder where unless you know you're this magical being. You're going to kind of like crawl back to your pieces. Unless and... you're Freddy Krueger, right? Or Jason. I think Jason could do it. But that, and that's the thing. The ending of the movie, I get it, but it feels weak. I think the way to end this 
is having them like die side by side that kind of thing that was what a lot of fans thought that they were both gonna die and i was like okay i'm ready to go into this movie walking out sad that both characters that i've come to love are both gone but it makes sense their entire trilogies even though michael has never in this French in this version of the timeline michael has never wanted to kill laurie because of any ulterior motives other than him just her just being in his way she's the one that got away she's the one that got away but she's always felt that their paths have always been so intertwined i think it would have been poetic if they ended where you know they both go because in the story yeah but in the meta in the continuity in in the wider fandom they're incredibly intertwined if they died together that would have been like the poetic end. yeah and in 78 you know that foundation is laid when laurie's in class and they're talking about fate and it's just you know it just so happens that she leaves keys and it puts her on this path in life yeah so it's like yeah it is a fate thing where you know okay she survived maybe it was destined that they were both gonna die together on halloween night and that's why i thought okay this is how we're gonna walk out of here they both kill each other and haddonfield is free of evil or the or the other thing where michael is dead Lori mm-hmm. has won mm-hmm. because before this you know cory comes in he's gonna kill Lori, but he gets shot and then he like stabs himself in the throat to set up a situation where allison sees something that now she believes Lori killed Corey, the love of her life, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's little genius evil, you know, villain mind. I get yeah. that. But if it ended, you know, Michael's dying and then it's going through and mm-hmm. it's like the breathing has stopped and then we get to Lori's house and Corey's lying there dead. You know? And then he sits up. And we, then he sits up, breathing starts. He puts the mask on because they left it at the, at the house, puts the mask on. And then, you know, and the music starts. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, then if that happened, then I would kind of get it where it's like, oh, now this evil really is eternal. It passes on. It's not something that's just Michael. Michael Myers isn't important. The shape's important. And Corey's the new shape. Yeah. And And I mean, that could have carried on to the new franchise if they wanted to continue. Yeah. Granted, you know, I'm happy that Laurie survived. I didn't want to see her die because I love her character so much. But it was either we have them die together or, like what you said, evil has been uh, transported into a new vessel and a much stronger vessel that can go on for, you know, multiple series. And it's going to be... If it was Corey, it would give a reason, a real concrete reason why he wants to kill Allison or Lori or whoever. And that's why, you know, if Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to retire and then Allison takes on the reins... Then we have another final girl that could contend with Michael for however long. Yeah, I mean, at that point, we're just kind of like, we're kind of fantasy casting our oh, uh, yeah. our new Halloween franchise. But it's it's one of the things where that's a that was a big issue that this movie is going to have to hurdle. Yeah. Because 2018, no expectations going in. I believe the expectations going in was if it at least if it's not absolute trash. I'll be okay. Because the Halloween franchise at that point was dead. Super dead. Yeah, I mean, the newest things had been, what, the Rob Zombie remakes? The Rob Zombie remakes and Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, widely considered one of the worst in the franchise. And the first one was not great. Don't be wrong, I kind of, like, dug it in a weird grindhouse way. It feels like a grindhouse movie. It doesn't feel all that Michael Myers-y or whatever. 
But anyway, before that, you had Halloween Resurrection, yeah. the actual worst film in this franchise. So when 18 comes out, widely overperforms. Everyone's like, oh shit, we actually have a good Halloween movie yeah. in the 21st century? What is this? And then it's like, then it's like Halloween Kills, where it's like mixed. You know, some people are like, hey, I get what it's going for. It's a little sloppy, but hey, guys, at least it's not Resurrection. At least it's not the Rob Zombie films. We're good, right? And, and then, we have that amazing opening in Kills where they have... Uh, they go back to 78 mm-hmm. and we get the explanation as to how Michael got caught. Yeah. And that's actually like pretty well done. I liked that bit. And then we have this and it's like, I don't... I don't really know what they thought they were going to come in with this. I mean, even the, the the tipping off point where the Universal logo drops and it's like the, the surfer Halloween music and it's like, oh no, this isn't a Halloween movie. We never open this way. It's like, what's going on here? And then it just kind of keeps going and going and going until we finally get to, yeah, you know, no matter what I think or what no matter what I project in my head. I really don't know where they're going. Which I think is a good thing, because in movies now especially, I can usually guess what a movie's going to be with a trailer. And I like the fact that this movie felt so just out there. Like, I had, because the trailer gave us absolutely nothing once we actually saw the movie. And watching it, I'm like, I don't know where they're going. This is kind of exciting. But then once they finally got to where they were going, I'm like, Man, the kills aren't even well constructed in this. They're not even like there's nothing scary really in the movie. The yeah. opening's probably objectively the best scare kill in the movie. And a lot of people that were, you know, fighting for this movie, they love to throw, you know, oh, the twist in the beginning and like, yeah, you know, that was good. I wasn't anticipating that. I thought it was just going to see Corey has been bested by an 8-year-old and really shows, you know, how kind of we the can... whole town's scared of what's going on, and even the the idea of Michael is terrifying people. It's terrifying, and just, you know, this is how we see that, you know, Corey's kind of a victim for bullies, because, you know, even a child can bully him. And I was just like, no, I wasn't expecting, you know, he kicks open the door and sends that kid, you know, careening over the edge of this ridiculously big house. Yes. Also, over the edge of a banister that's taller than the eight-year-old. Yeah, I mean, you've got to really kick that door hard to send that kid flying through the air. <laughs> and the the other thing is, if this movie pulled, I know I'm going to bring it up, and it's the worst movie in the franchise, A Resurrection, if it opened with Michael dying, mm-hmm. I think this would have gone down easier. If this actually opened with the climactic battle between Laurie and Michael, and you know, they kill Michael right away and the rest of the movie is them kind of dealing with what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, Michael's now definitively dead and now the town is kind of repurposing that anger, that, like, distrust, that anxiety onto Corey who had an accident. Like, maybe it's the same night. Yeah. Maybe it's the same night that that happened. And if they did that and then you see his descent into madness and it ends with him donning the michael mask and going after laurie then i feel that would have that would have been interesting yeah the problem here has nothing to do with the laurie strode story it's the problem with the michael myers the shape in the room yeah because we don't get a lot of him in the movie no he's not really doing that much of the killings no i mean this is his lowest kill count with three 
Yes. Three kills um, in Halloween 18. I didn't do the stuff for 78, but we could probably, you know. Oh, don't worry. I did the stuff for 78. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. So, so, how many kills are in 78? Halloween 78 had five kills. Okay, Halloween 78 has five kills. Halloween 18 has 18 kills. Halloween kills has 30 kills. And then we drop to three in this movie. Yeah, now that's accredited to Michael, right? Yeah, this is all Michael, and it's just like, yeah, this isn't Michael. Michael is a killing machine, and it's like, okay, if it's a thing where he's aging, but he's hiding in these tunnels amongst the homeless people. He's eating the homeless people. It's like, well, wouldn't he just kill his way through? And then, you know, they could have tied that into a story where people are going missing, bodies are being found, and that, you know, that resurge of fear the boogeyman's back Mm -hmm. it's like they could have wrote that into the story and we have michael strong and he's ready for halloween night versus getting manhandled by Corey. and it's a weird thing in the movie where i want to because i have no idea if i could ever recommend this to anybody unless they just have no appreciation for like the halloween franchise and I don't mean like appreciation, like, you know, oh, they just hate the Halloween franchise like this. It's like, no, if you don't really know anything about it, then maybe you like it. Like, it's super out there, but it's a, you know, well enough movie. It's weird as hell. I mean, I'd only recommend it if someone's doing, like, a deep binge and they're going to watch everything. You give that recommendation to being like, look, if you're going to eat the whole buffet, just eat this last. Yeah, I mean, I, I also do things in, you know, in order where... Remember how Star Wars, you know, some people, they have their different, you know, orders. You watch it, you know, this way, this way, this way. Oh, like the machete watch of Star Wars. Yeah. Or it's like you watch the original trilogy and then you skip over the prequels. Or you start with only episode two and you don't watch episode one at all and you watch from there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, for me, you know, I start, you know, from the beginning to the end. So it's like, yeah, if someone wants to do that and, you know, absorb all the Halloween franchise... Yeah, you've got to watch everything, including this movie, but... Which I did, actually. (laughs) And no one told you to do that. You just decided to do that on your own. Yes, yes. Uh, For my due diligence on the Halloween Ends episode, I watched every single Halloween movie leading up to this. Because I wanted to, again, do my due diligence, because when we left the theater, we were like, is this the worst Halloween movie? Well, I think we were both shell-shocked, because it was just like, what happened? We walked out of that theater, and we were like, I don't know how I feel about this movie. Is this the worst Halloween movie? Like, it looks good. It looks like a, a okay movie, but it doesn't, it has no, like, atmosphere. It doesn't feel like a Halloween movie. Michael feels totally different. Lori feels totally different. It's telling this really different story. It's not even like Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which was an anthology movie in the truest sense of the word that paid no lip service to, like, Halloween 1 and 2, but this one does, and it feels awkward. We have a radio personality and a radio station, and it's like, you could have brought that into 18 and just show the progression of Haddonfield through, you know, radio broadcasts, him talking about the trial, because there is a trial with Corey Cunningham, it's just, we don't get to see it. Again, it feels like if they wanted this story to be told... They would have had to set up Corey Cunningham in 2018 yeah. because Corey Cunningham, this is his first appearance in the, in the entire franchise. Yeah. And the entire franchise is dedicated to him, which goes to my point where these guys did not plan a trilogy. 
They no. planned one film. Again, they said, oh, we want to make two movies back to get back and Blumhouse, like, you can only make one. I think what happened is, okay, let's just put as much as we can into this one movie because we're probably not going to make another one. Yeah. So they put all their plans into one movie and then when they're like, trilogy, they're like, fuck, we put everything into 2018. Yeah. And they probably blew the rest of it on kills and then they're looking down Halloween ends and they're like, I guess we're going to fucking wing it and this is kind of what happens. It's the same thing that happened with the Star Wars trilogy, the new one. Yeah. Where J.J. Abrams like, I'm going to lay the foundation by making this Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of shitty because it was just a, a remake of A New Hope, more or less, yeah. with some bells and whistles attached to it. And then they were like, alright, Ryan Johnson, you take it. And he was like, okay, fuck it. And he tries something else and no one likes it. That one's everybody started hating. And then he was like, alright, fuck it. I'm going to pass it back to the other guy. And then they make um last jedi yeah and last jedi everyone is like okay so you didn't have any plans no i mean i walked out of there feeling like this is a filler movie but there's nothing after this so it's like there's no real resolve and that's how i kind of feel with this movie where it's just like okay you've thrown so many different things in here that i don't know how to feel it's like yeah we should have met cory two movies ago yeah so you know or at least the last movie yeah, and yeah. he was at least in Halloween Kills, and they were like, "Okay, we want to do this thing in Halloween Ends with this character, Corey Cunningham." You got, you had to establish him way earlier than this. Because I mean, they use TV, they use radio. You could have had broadcasts where they're talking about the trial, and you could, you know, have conversation with people in the town who are, you know, oh yeah, this kid, you know, really murdered that little boy. He's a monster. He's just like Michael Myers. And you have other people that are fighting for him, kind of like Lori, where she feels like. You know, this kid has just been given a bad rap. Let me help this kid that's, you know, being beaten up and kicked around by everybody that crosses his path. And it's just, we don't. It's just, Corey's thrown at us. And it's just like, okay, you're going to be the new Michael Myers. Let me see if I can get invested in your character. And then we don't get him as Michael Myers. It's like, okay, so what was all of that about? Yeah. And, the, and again, it's the thing where... I feel like they didn't commit to the ending because I think the anointed ending, what they build up the entire movie, the payoff that audience is expecting is, okay, the end of the movie, he dons the mask, he's Michael Myers, mm -hmm. but then they like subvert it because they're just like, no guys, this is the end. There's nothing after this because David Gordon Green, Blumhouse, whoever, was very adamant this was the end of the, tra the trilogy. They yeah. wanted it to be no ifs, ands, or buts that mm -hmm. there was going to be another movie after this. This is the end of their work, their story. And to that, I'm like, you know they're going to make another one of these. Oh, definitely. Say what you will, the Akkads do not give a fuck yeah. about continuity. They will figure out a way to make another one. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially since that was his thing that he wrote down however long ago that Michael cannot die. Yeah. It's like... That was uh, Mustafa Akkad? Yeah. His son is the one that has taken over the reins for the yeah. for the latest franchise. Yeah, I but, think that's Malak Akkad. Yeah. But his father, he was the one that put it down in writing somewhere that Michael can't die. And it's like, I get it. Because we love the character of Michael. We love this boogeyman. He's so, also the face of the franchise. Like, yeah. So it's like... Will about Jamie Lee Curtis. She was great in one. She was good mm -hmm. in two. But she abandoned the franchise for decades michael carried the franchise yeah michael carried the franchise and it's just you know yeah he's gonna come back i mean i thought before seeing the movie i'm like okay you know 
like I was saying earlier, I was going to be sad once it was over because no more Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie. And then uh, James Jude Courtney said that he was going to retire with her. So he wasn't going to be the shape. And Nick Castle was also retiring. He wasn't going to be the the breathing of Michael Myers anymore. So I was like, okay, they're all leaving together. This really feels like a true ending. Mm-hmm. But after this, I was like, no, I'm like, they're going to come back in a different way. And I thought, okay, if they're going to come back, it's going to be through Corey. And then Corey obviously is very much dead at the end of this movie. So it's <laughs> it's kind of like, how are we going to do this the next round, five years, ten years from now? It's the whole horror movie logic of if it's called the end or the final chapter, mm-hmm. it's not. Same Fri- as a farewell tour. Friday the 13th part four is called the final chapter. Yeah. There are 12 movies in that franchise. But with this, how do you think they're actually going to take the series on? Because what is it? It's 2022 now. In 2028, that's going to be the 50 year anniversary of Halloween. Yeah, because today, the day of this recording, it's the 44th anniversary of Halloween 78. Yeah. So happy anniversary Halloween. But yeah, I I could see them doing something big or a new reboot for the 50th anniversary. Okay, so you're thinking reboot? I'm thinking reboot. We're probably going to bring in either new characters or we're just going to start maybe from the beginning again with a new Michael, a new Lori. Just start from scratch? Mm -hmm. Maybe? It's going to be a thing where, you know, okay, maybe the real Michael Myers is dead, maybe Lori has left Haddonfield, and someone else in the town, this town that has bred evil, will don the mask and become the new Michael Myers, because the boogeyman never dies. So it's this, you know, no-name person that we're just calling Michael Myers. Yeah. Well, it'll finally get rid of the whole thing of Michael Myers isn't the point, the shape is the point. Yeah. On that, do we have anything else we want to say about Halloween Ends? Halloween Ends wasn't what I expected, but it's what we got. I mean, I I appreciate the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie because that's what felt like a Halloween movie. Mm. I don't think everyone needs to be fighting about this like they are. I was a part of a Halloween, like, fan group on Facebook, and it got very nasty very fast. And it was just kind of sad to see how people are just going at each other, you know, talking about other people's intelligence and it's just like you know what for a movie just being a movie you can't really take it to heart that much yeah it happened it's there we move on i mean how do you feel i think overall it's a pretty decent movie but it's a really bad halloween sequel yeah this feels like a very different movie than the other movies in the halloween franchise which is interesting because it's nice to see the franchise try to do something different. Mm-hmm. But need I remind the filmmakers that every single time the franchise has tried to do something different, it has failed. Yeah. Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Myers. Let's try and make it supernatural. Nope, that didn't work. Kill the franchise. Halloween Resurrection. Let's try and make it a little bit more generic. A little bit more Friday the 13th, just generic slasher film. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Let's just drop it all together and try and be an anthology series. Mm -hmm. We'll try our best to just make good movies based around Halloween. Nope, that didn't work. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. We'll just try and make it a lot more cerebral, more surreal. We'll try and dive deep into the the mental mind of Michael Myers and, and 
his weird connections with his families. That didn't work. And even like Halloween 2 in like 1980. 81. 80, 81. I think it's 81. 81. That movie was like, we're going to make Michael Myers the straight up Terminator. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that stuck with that movie was their brother and sister. Yeah. And in Halloween 2018, they discredit that. Like that's not even part of the continuity anymore. So every time they try to do something different with the franchise, it don't work. And I think that goes to the this simple fact, and you mentioned it earlier. John Carpenter, in 1978, made a masterpiece, made yeah. a perfect film that is only good once. Yeah. And that was something, because we, we talk about this a lot. It's something that we haven't been able to really let go. I know I'm contradicting myself where I'm like, you know, let it go. It's a movie. But, you know, it's an interesting talking point to have and kind of come at it from different angles. But what I was thinking was... Yeah, John Carpenter wanted this to just be a solo film, no sequels, but, you know, studios will bug and push because it's a cash cow, so we gotta, you know, keep churning them out, and it's just like, no. It, it was also his big break, and they offered him a bunch of money to produce Halloween 2 and Halloween 3. You know, yeah, I get it. You have the opportunity for more of these characters, but sometimes a movie is just strong on its own. Kind of like how we felt with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where the first movie was a masterpiece. And the further that we got in the sequels, the more ridiculous the characters got. And it's like... Because there's no meat on that bone. There isn't. And the characters also lose that flair and that fear that they give off that they do in the original movies. But my proposed idea had been, in a world where there were no sequels to the Halloween um, original, if they had just come out with Halloween 2018, he's back. It's the same movie that we get in 2018. However, Laurie kills him at the end. We have these two movies that bookend the whole saga of Laurie and Michael. He's out, he finds her, yeah, tries to kill her, 40 years pass, he finds her again, tries to kill her, she kills him, the end. Story's over. Yeah, and that's probably the best way to take the this David Gordon Green franchise, is 2018's the best one oh, out of yeah. one, and probably the only one worth it anymore. Yeah. But, speaking of 1978, so we got to see John Carpenter this weekend. No, 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 no. We, we got, got to, to meet John Carpenter this past weekend. We got to talk to John Carpenter this we weekend. We did. I mean, it was hard because you love to make fun of me that I get starstruck when we meet celebrities. Yes. And I do. But, I mean, this was like a whole new level of starstruck it for was, both of it us. It was the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that's made, like, some of my favorite films. The like guy, the thing, like the thing, Litigen, one of my favorite films, and one of your favorite Easter eggs of this movie. Yes, they sh- they watched the thing in this movie, but again, I don't care. But that was it was really cool. Yeah, this weekend he did a signing at Golden Apple Comics. Yeah, Golden Apple Comics in L.A. And we've been excited, you know, leading up to it, and actually being there and getting to see him in person was just soul leaving the body kind of experience because it was just like is this really happening yeah i mean the the most hilarious thing was you know we waited in line to meet him and some guy had just gotten back from signing and he was talking to two of the guys that you know were controlling the line and he was like guys in my head i knew you know i'm meeting john carpenter and then he's like i rounded the corner and he was like oh i was like oh my god my body and my mind just couldn't you know wrap and connect those two things together yeah. And, you know, we were laughing because he was just so animated and so funny. And then we got there, and that's exactly how we were. And the thing is, is, like, I was super happy to, to see John Carpenter, you know, in person. And the other thing is, like, I wonder, 
you know, how many times he's going to do these because I hear he wants to try and start directing again. Yeah. Because he showed a lot of interest in trying to direct a Dead Space movie. Mm -hmm. He, I think at this point, because he did, he composed all the music for the 2018 Halloween films. Kills and ends. And I love the the music that he composed with his son. I think his son uh, is Cor- ne- Cody. Car- Cody Carpenter. Cody Carpenter. I yeah, got it. And I Sorry. Think- the music is beautiful. I have the vinyl pressing for Kills. But but the thing is, is he's in good with Blumhouse now. I think there's probably a chance he'll direct another movie in the next couple of years. Because I, I think it's always been a thing that has always been on the table. He could always come back and direct a Halloween film. He just doesn't want to. Yeah. I think his passion is trying to do another Escape from New York film or mm-hmm. doing like the Thing sequel. Yeah. I'd be interested to see anything he directs now. Oh, definitely. But, yeah, we got to see John Carpenter this weekend. We got to meet John Carpenter this weekend. We got to meet John Carpenter. But, yeah, that's Halloween ends. You know, there was things that we appreciated about it. Other things we didn't, like Michael Myers being manhandled, which I just, you don't, you know, do that to your icons. But that's just me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know. Final ranking? Uh... I don't think I could rank it. I'm still kind of on the fence about it. <laughs> uh, if you're interested in a different kind of Halloween movie this yeah. year, definitely give it a watch. It's probably, you'd probably enjoy it uh, if you like true crime or serial killer yeah. documentaries. It feels a lot like that. Um, if you're really into the Halloween franchise and you're a ride or die Michael fan. You're a purist. You're a purist. This is probably not the movie for you. Yeah. But, what are we watching next week? Well, as Halloween is coming to an end, that means we're jumping to a new month, so we're back to our second annual November? Second annual November, where we watch movies we've never seen before. Yeah, and with November, Dean gets the first pick of the month, so what are we watching next week? Well, if you listen to our last episode, then you should know, but this week we're going to be watching Cool Hand Luke. I've never seen the movie. Neither have I, but I'm excited to watch it, because I think when this gets dropped, we'd already have watched it. Yes. 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 So, if they wanted to listen to that, where can they go? As this being Halloween Day, Cool Hand Luke will come out this coming Thursday, so in a few days from now. But if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel, The Film Vault. That's The Film Vault on YouTube. Like, comment, and subscribe. You can find our videos of this podcast, The Film Club, and our Film Club, Film Vault bonus episodes that come up every once in a while. And uh, the back catalog of all the other podcasts on there. Yeah, and if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at The Film Club Podcast, where we post upcoming episodes, trivia, adventures we go on like when we go and meet john carpenter and our lives have been changed forever since then fun stuff like that yes but with that happy halloween and we'll see you next week at the film club have a good week everybody